Chapter Three of Prince Henry the Navigator, the Hero of Portugal and of Modern Discovery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. Prince Henry the Navigator by Charles Raymond Beasley. Chapter Three the crusades and land travel circa eleven hundred to thirteen hundred the pilgrims were the pioneers of the growth of europe and of christendom until charlemagne in one sense in another and a broader sense until the crusades their original work as far as it can be called original at all was entirely overshadowed by the vikings who made real discoveries of the first importance in hunting for new worlds to conquer but when the first viking rovers themselves and then the northmen settled in the colonies and the old home took up christianity as the arabs had taken up islam the pilgrim spirit was translated as it were into new and more powerful forms through the conversion of hungary and of scandinavia europe christian europe was compacted together in a stronger empire than that of constantine or of charlemagne a spiritual federation not a political unity one and undivided not in visible subordination but in a common zeal for a common faith this was the state of the latin world and in a measure of the greek and russian world as well by the middle of the eleventh century when the byzantine emperors had broken the strength of the eastern caliphate and recovered most of the realm of heraclius when the roman papacy under leo the ninth hildebrand and urban began its political stage aiming and in great part successfully aiming at an imperial federation of europe under religion when on every side in spain in france in england in germany and in italy the nations that had been slowly built into that domus day were filled with fresh life and purpose from the norsemen who as pirates or conquerors or brothers had settled among them the long crusade that had gone on for four hundred years in spain and in southern italy and in the levant which had raged round the islands of the mediterranean or the passes of the alps and pyrenees or the banks of the loire and the tiber was now in the eve of the first syrian crusade of one thousand ninety six rapidly tending to decisive victory toledo was won back in ten eighty four the norman dominion in the two sicilies had already taken the place of a weak and halting christian defence against arab emirs pilgrims were going in thousands where there had been tens or units by the reopened land route through hungary only in the far east the first appearance of the turks as moslem champions threatened an ebb of the tide christendom had seen a wonderful expansion of the heathen north now that it had won the northmen to itself it was ready to imitate their example the deliberate purpose of the popes only gave direction to the universal feeling of restless and abundant energy longing for wider action but it was not the crusading movement itself which brought so much new light so much new knowledge of the world to europe as the results of that impulse in trade in travel and in colonization one from the eleventh century from the beginning of this period all the greater pilgrims sir wolf the english merchant king sigurd of norway abbot daniel of kiev and their followers have something more in view than piety they have a general interest in travel some of them a special interest in trade most of them go to fight 
as well as to pray two but as the warlike spirit of the church militant seems to grow tired and its efforts at founding new kingdoms in antioch in jerusalem in cyprus in byzantium more and more fruitless the direct expansion of european knowledge begins in scientific travel vinland and greenland and the white sea and the other norse discoveries were discoveries made by a great race for itself unconnected as they were with the main lines of trade or with religious sentiment they were unrealized by the general consciousness of the west a full account of the norse voyages to america was lying at the vatican when columbus was searching for proofs of land within reach of india as he expected in the place where he found an unknown continent and a new world but no one knew of these even the greenland colony had been lost and forgotten in the fifteenth century in fifteen fifty three the english sailors reached the land of archangel without a suspicion that othere or thor hund had been there six hundred years before russia from the thirteenth to the sixteenth centuries was almost out of sight and mind under the tartar and moslem rule but the missionaries and merchants and travellers who followed the crusading armies to the euphrates and crept along the caravan routes to ceylon and the china sea added further and central asia thassari arabum et dividus india to the knowledge of christendom and as this knowledge was bound up with gain as the polos and their companions had really opened to the knowledge of the west those great prizes of material wealth which even the rome of trahan had never fully grasped and which had been shared between arabs and natives without a rival for so long it was not likely to be easily forgotten from that time at the end of the thirteenth century to the success of the portuguese on another road at the end of the fifteenth european interest was fairly engaged in pressing in upon the old land routes and getting an even larger share of their profits three there was another side of the same problem a still brighter hope for men who could dare to try it by finding a sea-path to the indian storehouse mariners like the venetians and genoese or their spanish pupils might cut into the treasuries of the world at their very source found a trade empire for their country and gain the sole command of heaven on earth of the true terrestrial paradise then masters of the wealth of the east and of the fighting power of the west the christian nations might crush their old enemy islam between two weights hammer and anvil might fairly strike for the rule of the entire habitable globe it was with thoughts of this kind vaguely inspired by the crusades and their legacy of discovery from baghdad to cathay that the vivaldi left genoa to find an ocean way round africa in twelve eighty one to ninety one with the hope of going to the parts of the indies that malasello reached the canary islands about twelve seventy and that volunteers went on the same quest nearly twenty times in the next four generations before their spasmodic efforts were organized and pressed on to achievement by henry and his portuguese fourteen twelve to fourteen ninety seven four lastly the renaissance of europe in the crusading age was not only practical but spiritual science was at last touched and changed by the new life scarcely less than the art of war or the social state of the towns or the trade of the commercial republics and geography and its kindred were not long in feeling some change though it was very slowly realized and made useful the first notice of the magnet in the west is of about eleven eighty 
the use of this by sailors is perhaps rightly dated from the thirteenth century and the discoveries of amalfi but to return we must trace more definitely the preparation which has been generally described for the work of prince henry first in the pilgrim warriors and the travellers of the new age merchants or preachers or sightseers who follow out the eastern land routes next in the seamen who begin to break the spell of the western ocean and to open up the high seas the true high roads of the world lastly in the students who most of all in their maps and globes and instruments and theories are the trainers and masters and spiritual ancestors of the hero of discovery the first of these classes supplied the matter the attractions and rewards of the exploring movement the others may be said to provide the form by which success was reached genius in seamanship and the one was as much needed as the other human reason did its work so well because of a reasonable hope men crept round africa in face of the atlantic storms because of the golden east beyond it was as we have seen the land travellers of the twelfth and thirteenth and fourteenth centuries who laid open that golden east to europe and added inspiring knowledge to a dream and a tradition and of these land travellers the first worth notice are Sewolf of worcestershire adelard of bath and daniel of kiev three of that host of peaceful pilgrims who followed the conquerors of the first crusade ten ninety six to nine all of these left their recollections and all of them are of the new time in sharp contrast with the hordes of earlier pilgrims even the most recent like bishop eldred of worcestershire and york who crowned william the conqueror or swen godwinson or thor hund whose visits are all mere visits of penitence every fresh conversion of the northern nations brought a fresh stream of devotees to italy and to syria a fresh revival of the fourth century habit of pilgrimage but when medieval christendom had been formed and religious passion was more steady and less unworldly the discoverer and observer blends with the pilgrim in all the records left to us Sewolf was a layman and a trader who went on a pilgrimage eleven o two and became a monk at the instance of his confessor wolfstan bishop of worcestershire but though his narrative has been called an immense advance on all earlier guide-books it ends with the holy land and does not touch even the outlying pilgrim sites in mesopotamia or egypt visited and described by sylvia or fidelis starting some three years after the latin capture of jerusalem in ten ninety nine the english traveller takes us up six different routes from italy to syria evidence of the vast development of mediterranean intercourse and of practical security against pirates gained very largely since the second millennium began his own way by monopoly corfu corinth and athens took him to rhodes which once had the idol called colossus one of the seven wonders of the world but destroyed by the persians with nearly all the land of romania on their way to spain these were the colossians to whom st paul wrote thence to myra in lycia the port of the adriatic as constantinople is of the aegean landing at jaffa after a sail of thirteen weeks Sewolf was soon among the wonders of jerusalem that had not grown less since arculf's day at the head of the sepulchre church was the famous navel of the earth now called compass which christ measured with his own hands working salvation in the mists as say the psalms for the same legends were backed by the same texts 
as in the sixth or seventh century going down to the jordan four leagues east of jericho arabia was seen beyond hateful to all who worship god but having the mount whence elias was carried into heaven in a chariot of fire eighteen days journey from the jordan is mount sinai by way of hebron where abraham's holm oak was still standing and where as pilgrims said he sat and ate with god but Saewulf himself did not go outside palestine on this side after travelling through galilee and noting the house of st architriclin saint ruler of the feast at cana he made his way to byzantium by sea escaping the saracen cruisers and weathering the storms that wrecked in the roads of jaffa before his eyes some twenty of the pilgrim and merchant fleet then lying at anchor but not only can we see from this how the religious and commercial traffic of the mediterranean had been increased by the crusades the main lines of that traffic had been changed since the moslem conquest visitors had mostly come to palestine through egypt the christian conquest of syria reopened the direct sea route as the conversion of hungary and northeast europe had reopened the direct land route one hundred years before circa one thousand to eleven hundred the lines of the danube valley and of the roman sea were both cleared and the west again poured itself into the east as it had not done since alexander's conquest since the oriental reaction had set in about the time of the christian era rising higher and higher into the full tide of the persian and arabian revivals of asiatic empire among the varied classes of pilgrim crusaders in saewulf's day were student devotees like adelard and daniel from the two extremes of christendom england and russia bath and kiev northern sea kings like sigurd or robert of normandy even jewish travellers rabbis or merchants like benjamin of tudela all these as following in the wake of the first crusade and for the most part stopping at the high-water mark of its advance belonged to the same group and time and impulse as saewulf himself and are clearly marked off from the great thirteenth-century travellers who acted as pioneers of the western faith and empire rather than as camp followers of its armies but except abbot daniel circa eleven o six and rabbi benjamin circa eleven sixty to seventy three who stand apart none of our other pilgrim examples of twelfth-century exploration have anything original or remarkable about them abelard or ethelard the countryman of saewulf and willibald is still more the herald of roger bacon and of neckham he is a theorist far more than a traveller and his journey through egypt and arabia circa eleven ten to fourteen appears mainly as one of scientific interest he sought the causes of all things and the mysteries of nature and it was with a rich spoil of letters especially of greek and arab manuscripts that he returned to england to translate into latin one of the chief works of saracen astronomy the charismian tables we have already met with him in trying to follow the transmission of greek and indian geography or world science through the arabs to europe and to christendom abbot daniel of kiev in himself is a very ordinary and rather mendacious traveller a harmless devout pilgrim as careless in all matters of fact as antonine the martyr but as representing the beginnings of russian expansion he is of almost unique interest and value his tract upon the holy road is one of the first proofs of his people's interest in the world beyond their steps and of that nation's readiness and purpose to expand christian civilization in the east 
as the franks after breaking through the western moslems were now doing medieval russia russia before the tartars after the northmen was now a very different thing from the people fouler than dogs of the arab explorers the house of rurik had guided and organized a nation second to none in europe till it had fallen into the general lines of christian development jury trial and justices in a size it had taken from the west its church and faith and architecture its manners and morals came to it from the court of the roman empire on the bosphorus daniel and the other russians who passed through that empire in the age of nestor for trade or for religion were the vanguard of a great national and race expansion that is now just beginning to bestride the world in ten twenty two and ten sixty two two monks of kiev are recorded out of a crowd of the unknown as visitors to syria and about eleven o six probably through the news of the frankish conquest daniel left his native river the snow in little russia and passed through byzantium and by way of the archipelago and cyprus to jaffa and jerusalem describing roughly in verse or half miles the whole distance and that of every stage his tone is much like say wolf's and his mistakes are quite as bad though he tells of nothing but what was seen with these self-same eyes the sea of sodom exhales a burning and fetid breath that lays waste all the country as with burning sulphur for the torments of hell lie under it this however he did not see saracen brigands prevented him and he learnt that the very smell of the place would make one ill his measurements of distance are all his own capernaum is in the desert not far from the great sea levant and eight versts four miles from caesarea half the distance given in the next chapter as between acre and haifa and less than half the breadth of the sea of tiberius the jordan reminds daniel of his own river the snow especially in its sheets of stagnant water samaria or sebastopol he confuses with nablus bethshan with bashan lydia with romley caesarea philippi with the greater caesarea on the coast not far from capernaum and the jordan is another large river that comes out of the lake of genesaret and falls into the sea of tiberius passing by a large town called decapolis from mount lebanon six rivers flow east into the lake of genesaret and six west towards great antioch so that this is called mesopotamia or the land between the rivers and abraham's haran is between these rivers that feed the lake of genesaret daniel has left us also an account of his visits to marsaba convent in the kedron gorge near the dead sea to damascus in the train of prince baldwin and to the church of the holy sepulchre in jerusalem to witness the miracle of the holy fire noticed by bernard the wise as a sort of counterpart to the wonder of beth haron also retold by daniel when the sun stood still while joshua conquered king og of bashan it is not in outlook nor in knowledge nor even in the actual ground traversed that these later pilgrims show any advance on the chief of the earlier travellers it is in the new life and movement in the new hope they give us of greater things than these this is the interest to us in king sigurd of norway eleven o seven to eleven a crusader norseman in the new age that owed so much of its very life to the northmen but who is only to be noticed here as a possible type of the explorer chief possible not actual for his voyage added nothing definite to the knowledge or expansion of christendom 
his campaign in jacob's land or galicia and his attack on moslem lisbon some forty years before it became the head and heart of portugal like his exploits in the balearic show us a point in the steady decline of western islam and so far may be called a preparation for prince henry's work but properly as a chapter of portuguese not of general european growth there are many others like sigurd robert of normandy godric the english pirate who fought his way through the saracen fleets with a spear-shaft for his banner edgar the atheling grandson of edmund ironside the dartmouth fleet of eleven forty seven which retook lisbon but the latin conquest of syria has now brought us past the crusades in the narrower sense to their results in the exploration of the further east the first great name of this time of our next main chapter of preparation is benjamin of tudela but standing as he does well within the earlier age when the primary interest was the holy war itself he is also the last of the palestine travellers of those westerns whose real horizon was the sacred east of syria he is a little before the awakening of universal interest in the unknown world for the christian northmen lost with the new definiteness of the new faith much of their old infinite unrest and fierce inquisitive love of wandering and their spirit though related to the whole catholic west by the crusading movement was not fully realized till the world had been explored and made known till the men of europe were at home in every country and on every sea benjamin as a jew and a rabbi has the interest of a sectary and his work was not of a kind that would readily win the attention of the christian world so the value of his travels was hidden till religious divisions had ceased to govern the direction of progress he visited the jewish communities from navarre to baghdad and described those beyond from baghdad to china but he wrote for his own people and none but they seem to have cared about him what he discovered circa eleven sixty to seventy three was for himself and for judaism and only his actual place in the twelfth century makes him a forerunner of the polos or of prince henry we may see this from his hopeless strangeness and confusion in rome like a frank in pekin or delhi the church of st peter is on the site of the great palace of julius caesar near which are eighty halls of the eighty kings called emperors from tarquin to papin the father of charles who first took spain from the saracens in the outskirts of the city is the palace of titus who was deposed by three hundred senators for wasting three years over the siege of jerusalem which he should have finished in two and so on with the hall of galba three miles round and having a window for each day in the year with st john lateran and its hebrew trophies two copper pillars from the temple of solomon that sweat at the anniversary of the burning of the temple and the statues of samson and of absalom in the same place so with sorrento built by hadarezer when he fled before king david with the old roman tunnel between naples and pozzuoli built by romulus who feared david and joab with apulia which is from king pool of assyria in all this we have as it were catholic mythology turned inside out david put into italy when the west put trahan at the sources of the nile it was not likely that writing of this sort would be read in the society of the popes and the schoolmen the friars and the crusaders any more than the buddhist records of missionary travel from china one thousand years before 
the religious passion which had set the crusaders in motion would keep catholics as long as it might from the jews turks infidels and heretics they conquered and among whom they settled but with the final loss of jerusalem by the latins and the overflow of the baghdad caliphate by the mongol tartars twelve fifty eight the barrier of fanatic hatred was weakened and central asia became an attraction to christendom instead of a dim horror without form and void except for huns and turks and demons the papal court sent mission after mission to convert the tartars who were wavering as men supposed between islam and the church and with the first missionaries to the house of genzies went the first italian merchants who opened the court of the great khan to venice and genoa as early as twelve forty three an englishman is noticed as living among the western horde the conquerors of russia but official intercourse begins in twelve forty six with john de plano carpini this man a franciscan of naples started in twelve forty five as the legate of pope innocent the fourth to the tartars took the northern overland route through germany and poland reached kiev the metropolis of russia through help of the duke of cracow and at last appeared in the camp of bateau on the volga hence by the sea of Aral, of moderate size with many islands to the court of bateau's brother the great khan kuyuk himself where the christian stranger found himself one of a crowd of four thousand envoys from every part of asia twelve forty six after sixteen months carpini made his way back by the same route over the plains and through kiev to give at rome the first genuine account of tartary in its widest sense from the dnieper to china twelve forty seven the great rivers and lakes and mountains of russia and turkestan the position and distribution of the land and its peoples even from the caspian to the northern ocean where men are said to have dogs faces are now first described by an honest and clear-headed and keen-eyed observer neither timid nor credulous carpini really begins the reliable western map of further asia his personal knowledge did not reach china or india but in his book of the tartars europe was told nearly the whole truth and almost nothing but the truth about the vast tract and the great races between the carpathians and the gobi desert in the same was included the first fair account of the manners and history of the mongols whom we call tartars and the simple truthfulness of the friar stands out in all the allusions that make his work so human his interviews with the tartar chiefs and with brother travellers his dangers and difficulties from leddish robbers and abandoned or guarded fairies his passage of the dnieper on the ice his last three weeks on trotting hacks over the steps we have gone a good way from abbot daniel for in john de plano carpini christian europe has at last a real explorer a real historian a genuine man of science in the service of the church and of discovery carpini was followed after six years by william de rubriquis a fleming sent by st louis of france on the same errand of conversion and discovery twelve fifty three but by a different route through the black sea and cherson over the don at the head of azov that divides europe and asia as the nile divides asia and africa to the great camp on the volga the greatest river i had ever seen which comes from great bulgaria in the north and falls into a lake the caspian sea that would take four months to journey round higher in their course the don and the volga are not more than ten days journey apart but diverge as they run south the caspian is made out of the volga and the rivers that flow into it from persia 
thence through the iron gates of durband between the caspian and the caucasus which alexander made to shut the barbarians out of persia helped by a nestorian who possessed influence at the tartar court like so many of his church rubriquis reached the alps of the altai country where he found a small nestorian lordship governed like the papal states by a priest who was at least one original of the great medieval phantom prester john crossing the great steppes of eastern tartary like the rolling sea to look at rubriquis at last reached the mongol headquarters at karakorum satisfied on the way that the caspian had no northern outlet as strabo and isadora had imagined thence he made his way home without much fresh result though rubriquis is well called the most brilliant and literary of the medieval travellers his mission was fruitless and the interest of his work lay rather in recording custom and myth in sociology than in adding anything definite to the geographical knowledge of the west john de plano had already been over the ground to karakorum and recorded all the main characteristics of the lands west of the gobi desert the further advance east to china south to india was yet to come but while rubriquis was still among the tartars nicolo and matteo polo the uncles of the more famous marco were trading twelve fifty five to sixty five to the crimea and the districts of southern russia that were now under the western horde and soon after following the caravans to bokhara they were drawn on to the court of kubla khan then somewhere near the wall of china after a most friendly reception they were sent back to europe with presents and a letter to pope clement the fourth offering a welcome and maintenance to christian teachers kubla had often questioned the polos of the western lands and now he asked for one hundred latins to show him the christian faith for christ he held to be the only god furnished with the imperial passport of the golden tablet our merchants made their way back to acre in april twelve sixty nine they found the old pope dead gregory the tenth in his place and he showed a coolness in answering the khan's requests but in twelve seventy one they set out on their second journey to the furthest east taking with them two friar preachers and their nephew marco now nineteen years of age in armenia the friars took alarm at the troubled state of the nearer east and turned back just as augustine of canterbury tried to find a way out of the mission to the english that pope gregory i laid upon him in five ninety seven for the church it was perhaps as momentous a time now as then the thirteenth century if it had ended in the christianizing of the mongol empire would have turned the catholic victory of the fourth and sixth centuries in the west the victory that had been worked out in the next seven hundred years to fuller and fuller realization into a world empire which did come at last for european civilization but not for christendom the polos however kept on their way northeast for more than one thousand days three years and a half till they stood in the presence of kubla khan beyond gobi and the great wall and the mountain barriers of china in cambalak or pekin princess and crown of city's capital their journey was first through armenia lesser and greater then through mosul nineveh to baghdad where the last caliph and pope of the saracens had been butchered by holgalu and his tartars sewn in a sack and thrown into the tigris by one account walled up alive by another in twelve fifty eight but though the stories in marco's journal are a main interest of his work as a summary and reflection of the science and history and general culture of the christian world of his time we must not here look outside his geography 
and his first place-note of value is on the caspian which containeth in circuit twenty-eight hundred miles and is like a lake having no union with other seas and in which are many islands cities and castles the extent of the nestorian missions through all parts of india and to cairo and baghdad and wherever christians dwell strikes him even now at the beginning of his travels much more when he finds their churches on the huang ho and the yang si king declining indeed but still living to witness to the part which that great heresy had played as an intermediary between the further and the nearer east a part which history has never yet worked out entering persia as traders the polos went naturally to ormuz already the great mart of islam for the indian trade where europeans really entered the third and to them unknown belt of the world after passing from a zone of known homeland through one of the enemy's country known and only known as such failing to take the sea route at ormuz for china as they had hoped our italians were obliged to strike back northeast through persia and the pamir the kashgar district and the gobi steppes to cathay and the pleasure domes of kubla visiting karakoram and the altai country on the way by a turn due north in twelve seventy five they were in shangtu the zanidu of coleridge the summer capital of kubla khan and not till twelve ninety two did they get leave to turn their faces to the west once more here the polos became what might be called consulting engineers to the mongol court marco was even made in twelve seventy seven a commissioner of the imperial council and soon after sent upon government missions to yunan in extreme southwest china and to yangchow city the greater part of marco's own memoirs is taken up with his account of the thirty-four provinces of the tartar empire that centred round the six parts of cathay and the nine parts of mengi the districts of northern and southern china as we know them an account of the roads rivers and towns the trade the court and the imperial ports the customs and manner of life among the subject peoples in that empire perhaps the largest ever known especially do the travellers dwell on the public roads from pekin or Kambaluk through all the provinces the ten thousand royal inns upon the highways the two hundred thousand horses kept for the public service the wonderful speed of transit in the great khan's embassages so that they could go from pekin to the wall of china in two days but scarcely less is said about the great rivers the arteries of chinese commerce even more than the caravan routes above all the yang tis Kiang, the greatest stream in the world like an arm of the sea flowing above one hundred days journey from its source into the ocean and into which flow countless others making it so great that incredible quantities of merchandise are brought by this river it flows exclaims marco through sixteen provinces past the quays of two hundred cities at one of which i saw at one time five thousand vessels and there are other marts that have more the breadth and depth and length and merchandise of the polisangan and the karamaran are only less than the kings from the point where marco crossed the second of these there was not another bridge till it reached the ocean hundreds of miles away by reason of its exceeding greatness lastly pekin the capital of the empire with quinsay and the other provincial capitals of mengi and cathay call out the unbounded admiration of the polos as of every other western traveller from the moslem ibn battuta to the christian friars of the fourteenth century pekin two days journey from the ocean the residence of the court in december january and february in the extreme northeast of cathay 
had been lately rebuilt into a central square of twenty-four miles in compass and twelve suburbs three or four miles long adjoining each of the twelve gates where merchants and strangers lived each nation with separate burses or storehouses where they lodged from this centre to the land of gog and magog and the champagne land of bargu the great khan travelled every year in midsummer for the fresh air of the plateau country of central asia as well as for a better view of the great russian and bactrian sub-kingdoms of his house the six months of spring and autumn were spent in slow progresses through central and southern china to tibet on one side and to tonquin on the other but greater even than pekin quinsay or kansay the city of heaven in southern china though no longer the capital even of a separate kingdom of mangi was the crowning work of chinese civilization it surpassed the other cities of kubla as much as these overshadowed the rome or venice of the thirteenth century in the world there is not its like for by common report it is one hundred miles in circuit with a lake on one side and a river on the other divided in many channels and upon these and the canals adjoining twelve thousand bridges of stone there are ten market-places each half a mile square great storehouses of stone where the indian merchants lay by their goods palaces and gardens on both sides of the main street which like all the highways in mangi is paved with stone on each side and in the midst full of gravel with passages for the water which keeps it always clean salt silk fruit precious stones and cloth of gold are the chief commodities the paper money of the great khan is used everywhere all the people except a few nestorians and moslems are idolaters so luxurious and so happy that a man would think himself in paradise it was only in recent years that kubla or his general bayan had captured quinsay and driven out the king of mangai with his seraglio and his friends the exile till then had only thought of pleasure of wine women and song the sweet meat which cost him the sour sauce ye have heard on the approach of danger had fled on board the ships he had prepared to certain impregnable isles in the ocean and if these impregnable islands may be identified with zimpangu or japan the conquerors pursued him even here there is nothing more interesting in polo's book than his story of the mongol failure in the eastern islands fifteen hundred miles from the coast of mangai now first discovered to christian knowledge this country of japan very great the people white of gentle manners idolaters in religion under a king of their own was attacked by kubla's fleet in twelve sixty four for the gold they had and had in such plenty that the king's house windows and floors were covered with it as churches here with lead as was reported by merchants but these were few and the king allowed no exportation of the gold the expedition was as disastrous a failure as the old athenian attack upon sicily and was not repeated although fleets were sent by the great khan after this into the southern seas which were supposed to have made a discovery of papua if not of the australian continent in this sea of china over against mangi marco reported from hearsay of mariners and expert pilots are seven thousand four hundred forty islands most of them inhabited whereon grows no tree that yields not a pleasant smell spices lignum aloes and pepper black and white the ships of zaytum the great chinese mart for indian trade knew this sea and its islands for they go every winter and return every summer taking a year on the voyage and all this though it is far from india and not subject to the great khan 
but not only did polo in these sections of his guide-book or memories of travel record the main features of a coast and ocean scarcely guessed at by europeans and flatly denied by ptolemy and the main traditional school of western geography in his service under kubla and in his return by sea to aden and suez he opened up the eight provinces of tibet the whole of southeast asia from canton to bengal and the great archipelago of further india four days journey beyond the yang si kiang marco entered the wide country of tibet vanquished and wasted by the khan for the space of twenty days journey and become a wilderness wanting inhabitants where wild beasts are excessively increased here he tells us of the yak oxen and great tibetan dogs as great as asses of the musk deer and spices and salt lakes having beds of pearls and of the cruel and bestial idolatry and social customs of the people still farther to the southwest commissioner polo came to the cinnamon river called brias on the borders of the province of kandu to the porcelain-making districts of karazan governed by kubla's son and so to bengal which borders upon india and where marco laughs at the tattoo customs of flesh embroidery for the dyeing of full skins thence back to china the richest and most famous country of all the east where was peace so absolute that shops could be left open full of wares all night and travellers and strangers could walk day and night through every part untouched and fearing none but the polos wearied even of the court favours and their celestial home they longed to come back to earth to franklin and christendom where life was so rough and poor and struggling but for whose sake they had come so far and braved so much but the khan was hurt at the least hint of their wishes and it was only a fortunate chance that restored them to europe twenty years after their outward start they were dismissed for a time and under solemn promise of return as the guides of an embassy in charge of a mongol bride for a persian khan living at tabrez and related to kubla himself so in twelve ninety two they embarked for india at zaitum one of the fairest ports in the world where is so much pepper that what comes by alexandria to the west is little to it and as it were one of a hundred then striking across the gulf of chinan for fifteen hundred miles and passing infinite islands with gold and much trade a gulf seeming in all like another world they reached ziambar and after another run of the same distance java then supposed by mariners to be the greatest island in the world above three thousand miles round and under a king who pays tribute to none the khan himself not offering to subject it because of the length and danger of the voyage one hundred miles southeast the fleet touched at java the less in compass about two thousand miles with abundance of treasure and spices ebony and brazil and so far to the south that the north star cannot be seen and none of the stars of the great bear here they were in great fear of those brutish man-eaters with whom they traded for victuals and camphire and spices and precious stones being forced to stay for five months by stress of weather till they got away into the bay of bengal the extreme point of european knowledge until this time where there are savages living in the deep-sea islands with dogs heads and teeth as i was told all naked both men and women and living the life of beasts and amends sailing hence a thousand miles to the west adds marco is ceylon the finest island in the world twenty four hundred miles in circuit and once thirty six hundred as is seen in old maps but the north winds have made great part of it sea again west for sixty miles to malabar which is firm continent in india the greater 
and where the polos re-entered as it were the horizon of western knowledge at the shrine of st thomas the apostle of india here we must leave the venetians with only a bare mention of their homeward route from malabar by murphilly and the valley of diamonds by Kamari, where they had a glimpse of the pole star once more and by guzerat and cambay to socatra where marco in his stay heard and wrote down the first news ever brought to europe of the great isle magaster or madagascar and of zanzibar or zanzibar of polo's account of hindu customs self-immolation and especially sati of caste of the brahminical thread with one hundred and four beads by which to pray of their etiquette in eating drinking birth marriage and death only the simple fact can be noticed here that the first serious and direct christian account of india as of china is also among the most accurate and well judged and that both in what he says and what he leaves unsaid messer marco is a true herodotus of the middle ages but not only does his account discover for europe the extreme east and south of asia in his last chapter he returns to the tartars and after adding a few words on the nomads of the central plains gives us our first latin account of siberia where are found great white bears black foxes and sables and where are great lakes frozen except for a few months in the year and crossed in sledges by the fur traders beyond this the obscure land reaches to the furthest north near which is russia where for the most of winter the sun appears not and the air is thick and dark as betimes in the morning with us where the men are pale and squat and live like the beasts and where on the east men come again to the ocean side and the islands of the falcons the work of marco polo is the high-water mark of medieval land travel the extension of christendom after him was mainly by the paths of the sea the roman missions to the tartars and to malabar vigorously and stubbornly pressed as they were ended in unrelieved collapse only by the revolt and resurrection of the russian kingdom did the european world permanently and markedly expand on the side of asia but a crowd of missionaries followed the first traders to cathay and to mangi friar odoric john de monte corvino john de cora statesmen like marignoli the papal legate sightseers like mandeville followed these bishop jordanus of capua worked for years in Kulam, near Cape Comorin, circa 1325-35. The martyrdom of four friars on April 1, 1322, at Tana, in India, became one of the great commemorations of the Latin Church. There seemed no cause why Christian missions, which had won North and Northeast Europe, should not win Central and Eastern Asia, whose people seemed as indifferent as agnostic as our own norse or english pagans the fame of the latins says jordanus about thirteen thirty and he is borne out by marino sanudo is greater in india than among ourselves here our arrival is always looked for and said to be predicted in their books once gain egypt and launch a fleet even of two galleys on this sea and the battle is won as egypt could not be gained by arms it was turned by seamanship before polo returned from china the coasting of africa had begun and italian mariners were already in search of the longer way to the east but there is no work of land travel after that of messer marco which really adds anything decisive to european knowledge before the fifteenth century the advance of trade intercourse between india and the italian republics the gradual liberation of russia the use made of the caravan routes by some of the most active of the western clergy are the chief notes of the time between the polos and prince henry and the flimsy fabrications of mandeville 
of all liars that type of the first magnitude would be fairly left without a word even in a minute history of discovery if he had not like tessius with herodotus won a hearing for himself and drawn men's minds away from the truth-telling original that he travestied by the sheer force of impudence the indian travels of the italian niccolo conti and the russian merchant athanasius nicotin belong to a later time to the age of the portuguese voyages they are not part of the preparation for our central subject they are only a somewhat obscure parallel to that subject for in the later middle ages the chief interest lies elsewhere the expansion of christendom in the fourteenth century and still more in the fifteenth prince henry's own is the story of the ventures and the successes not so much of landsmen as of mariners end of chapter three